You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got to talk rookie quarterbacks, the first rounders in action this weekend, preseason week one. We'll see how many games we can get to, but we've got to, got to cover those rookie quarterbacks and some really solid debuts. I, I think they, a lot of them played to their scouting reports, Matt. And so that was really fun to watch those first round quarterbacks and many other players around the NFL. I want to let you guys know about a live fantasy show happening right here on the network. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft, then don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m., Eastern streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. So go to the Locked On NFL YouTube page. You're going to want to subscribe to that anyway. And then you can check out Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, August 18th, the live fantasy show. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time at Locked On Network on Twitter. Matt, you are one of our fantasy experts. Are you going to be involved in this panel? Yeah, it, it sounds that way. We've exchanged some emails. I volunteered, and I don't. I need to get a detail or two more, but I think I will be a part of the panel. First time doing something like that on the Locked On Network. Pretty psyched about it, and along those lines, it's just total coincidence. I started fiddling with my fantasy ranks late last week for my rough draft preliminary ranks, just getting them on paper and looking at them. I've been tweaking them all weekend, and every day I go look at them. So that'll help with that, and that's the good news. So, Jeff, definitely check that out, and I think you and I should talk a lot of fantasy in these coming weeks. Yes. The bad news is, (laughs) and I'm not super prepared for today's show. I like to pull back the curtain and tell people where we're at, um, make it close to home. I mean, before you joined the show, I always started it with belly up to my bar. I just want to be honest with these people, like we're having a beer or a cup of coffee. I lucked into free Brit Floyd tickets last night with my wife. They are like the the ultimate uh, uh, Pink Floyd cover band. They tour the world. They're not just like some back bar cover band. They're awesome, and I've gone probably 10 times. So I had to do that, and that was going to be my allotted preseason catch-up time. So next 24 hours are going to be dedicated to really catching up on these games. So Again, this is sort of my rough draft preliminary statements. I haven't dug into these games as much as I usually do on a a Monday following preseason. Pink Floyd vibes for Matt Williamson last night means he's got hangover vibes this morning, too. So we'll add that into the mix, maybe. Sure. You got to mix that in there, too. I mean, usually it's noon now. Usually this is my first ever, it's funny you mentioned that, first ever podcast. Everyone always hears my water clanking around, you know, my, in my Yeti here. Yeah. But I have a coffee with it, too, today. And first time the coffee has come downstairs to the bar. Usually I'm done by then. Wow. So, okay. Uh, a little, right. different, little different feel today. I know you always have one handy. Oh, I always do because it's 9 a.m. and we do our podcast here. Right, for right. me, uh, West Coast time, I always have the, the coffee handy. But, you know, it's you know it's one of those days, though, when you got to go into the afternoon with, the with another today, cup of baby. coffee. Yeah. I keep, keep the coffee hot. Keep brewing it. Keep going through the water couple other things to do, hit the gym, but today is all about, you know, get catching up on the preseason. So my apologies, just that that's where I'm at right now, but 
the Brick Floyd show was worth it. That's cool. I hope you had a good time this weekend. And look, it's preseason football. And luckily, I watched way too much preseason fantasy football over the course of the weekend. And I've been indoors a lot, packing, getting ready to move and and put our house on the market. So uh, a lot of indoors activities for me, which involved a lot of preseason football we've got to start with the quarterbacks here by the way at bd peacock on twitter at williamson nfl i did have an exchange on twitter uh with a fan from a certain team of the tennessee titans we did not have enough respect for their second and third team players so uh shout out to i believe it was chad who dropped us some some sleepers some players to look out for here and we'll get into that game a little bit later but we got to start with uh the chicago bears the 49ers we already talked about mac jones because he was in the thursday game so go back to friday's show to get our thoughts there and he might you know enter this conversation as we talk about these quarterbacks and the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and the Jets with Zach Wilson I think that's where we got to start those were the big stories for the weekend and those were the players I paid the most attention to and it started in the morning with the Bears beating the Dolphins 20 to 13 Saturday and Justin Fields he wowed me I gotta I look and, and I Justin Fields was, I thought, somebody who should have been in consideration with the first couple of picks in this draft. I, I thought he was the guy the Niners were going to select at number three most of the process and that until it started to really seem like, you know, man, maybe teams aren't as high on Justin Fields. And I still feel like maybe some teams over-evaluated Justin Fields because you see him out there with the poise and just the, the electric speed, but he's not a run-first player. He wants to make the big throw, and maybe that is something they have to coach out of him just hit that first read, you know, hit that check down sometimes. Um, and certainly with all these quarterbacks, even though most of them looked really good in their preseason debuts, there's a there's a lot of development to go, obviously, from a player's very first action against other NFL teams to what they're going to be when they are developed veteran quarterbacks in the NFL. But the first test for Justin Fields, I thought he passed with flying colors and just that that arm and the accuracy to go with it and the poise. I liked everything I saw out of Justin Fields, and I don't know how long you can keep him on the bench there in Chicago. Yeah, well said. I, I thought the big key to me, and I say this every year, is when the rookie quarterbacks get out there, especially the first rounders and the highly coveted guys, the first box I want to check, the first hurdle I want to see them get over is do they just look like they belong? That That's not technical. That's not deep scouting analysis. It's just, do they look comfortable? Do they look like they belong? Do they look good in their pads? Do they go, interact with their teammates? Do they look comfortable? Do they know, not jittery, not frenetic? Fields absolutely checked that box for me. Um, they had him throw 20 times. He also ran the ball a handful of times, including a touchdown, as you would expect. He's a very smooth and explosive and powerful runner. You absolutely saw that. I saw. I thought he saw the field well and wasn't tentative about letting the ball go. I, it, it, I understand how coaches work, and you probably told Andy Dalton you're the starter when you signed him and all those things, but who are we kidding sometimes? You know, like, it, I often think about the other guys on the team. Like, how do you go to Khalil Mack and say, we're going to leave Fields on the bench, you know? Like, it, it just doesn't make much sense. <laughs> right, yeah. As soon as the locker room realizes who the guy is, the, the coach mm-hmm. needs to make that move, and he's realized who the guy is. But it actually hurts Fields' chances, I think, to start this year, early in the year, just because of who his coach is, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes went through his rookie year, and he didn't play until the last week of the season, essentially. So, um, and, he, and he's been vocal about that, and he's, been, he's talked about how that was good for Patrick Mahomes, and he, that's the plan here, obviously, with Dalton and Fields. I just don't know how long they can keep this one going because it's not like they're uh, a playoff team. I mean, I mean, they were a playoff team. I don't know. Maybe they, right. they might they look at Dalton more because 
the thing about, and this is the thing with San Francisco and Jimmy G, it's the thing with Kansas City when Alex Smith was there, is there was an incumbent starter that already won games, and Andy Dalton's not that right now. So Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, you know, started learning the offense at the same time with the Bears. Yeah, and it's almost like we forget. I've made that mistake 20 times since this regular season ends. Like, God, it's not like they're a playoff team. Oh, they were a playoff team. You know, right. like, and they probably think they're a playoff team. I don't think that's the best way to build the team, though. But maybe that's pressure from the owner saying, if you don't go to the playoffs again this year, you guys are out. You know, like, that's some of the the, the stuff behind the scenes that none of us know. I mean, my hunch by now is everyone has to look at Justin Fields and say, the defense would much rather play against Dalton than Fields. Oh, there's no doubt. He puts so no much doubt. stress on a on a defense. But Matt Nagy did, and this is always the first step. And Kyle Shanahan has sort of been this way last week or so. He's like, well, but yeah, but he does kind of need to see some more time with the with the ones. So that's yeah. the first step. And that was what Baby Matt Nagy step, said yeah. today, I believe, about Justin Fields. And it wasn't all perfect. He had the fumble, like he tried to spin, tried to make a big play in, in when he was scrambling one of those times, fumbled the ball, they got it ball back. But, out, yeah. you know, you can't do that. Get down, get out of bounds. What are you doing trying to spin on an NFL defense? This isn't, uh, you know, the Big Ten or whatever. So um, Madden, yeah. he – and actually, there the first – because people say he started slow and it didn't look great early. He, he needed to get some help from his teammates, I think. He made two dime passes in the first half that were – on target, his receivers just had no separation whatsoever, and so. Um, but he was wasn't bashful, right? Yeah, and and he was. I mean, he he's, it's the accuracy, it's the intermediate to deep accuracy that is really the thing's going to set Justin Fields apart, and and that was on display. Yes, and unfortunately, I think there's a stereotype with African American athletic quarterbacks that people are late to recognize their accuracy. This guy is a great, great deep passer and in the intermediate levels as well. Sometimes in the short ones, he'll put a little too much on it, but accuracy might be his greatest strength. Another rookie I want to mention on that Chicago Bears team is running back Khalil Herbert. Looked real nice. Yeah, they got a nice little backup and, and yeah. one of those players that Montgomery gets hurt all of a sudden late in your fantasy football season. Khalil Herbert is uh, is winning you your fantasy football league in, in, in your starting lineup in the playoffs. I could totally see that playing out. And I, I really liked what I saw from Khalil Herbert, who got a lot of run in that game. And really, Justin Fields overshadowed how good Tua looked in this game. Eight of 11 passing. He had the interception on his last throw in the end zone. He, he fit some really nice tight window throws in. He tried one more there in the end zone and he got picked off so that was the ding if he threw the touchdown that would have been a nice exclamation point for his first game but overall I thought Tua looked pretty good yeah those are points I wanted to touch on too Herbert is like my last pick in every rookie draft in Dynasty I just think he's a pinball type guy that does everything well that was kind of overlooked and David Montgomery in front of him I mean we know, we've seen this this league change pretty quick that doesn't scare me all that much for a late round dynasty pick and he had some chunk runs much like he did in college um good stuff there with Tua I 100% agree the only caveat and again I want to study this more is if you're bringing in the foolers and waddles of the world I would like the average depth of target to go up and I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis you know all year with Tua and last note, just kind of a fantasy note, too, is there's some uh, – I've noticed the fantasy folks around the internet all of a sudden are, is Gaskin's job in trouble? Miles Gaskin might not be the starter. You know, like, there's a little bit of worry there. Oh, yeah, that's that was one of the big surprises and sort of a yeah. head-scratcher with Malcolm Brown getting the start and really getting most of the work with the first team, and he carried the ball nine times for eight yards, which is very Malcolm Brownish. And I was thinking, wait, Dolphins? 
Was that your plan? You had the whole offseason to address the easiest position to address in the NFL at running back just because there's so many good players. The, the Bears on the other side drafted Khalil Herbert, you know, late in that draft. Yeah. And and Malcolm Brown was your plan? Is he really going to be the number one back? That that was very odd. Yeah, something to watch. And just a note on Malcolm Brown. I mean, for fantasy, I almost guarantee he's going to be the goal line back. And he has some of those Jamal Williams-like qualities. And what I mean by that is coaches love him fantasy owners hate him exactly yeah he, he's physical <laughs> he can get the tough yardage he's gonna vulture touchdowns you know not afraid Good to step up and pass protect right 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 tough guy oh, you know God. pros pro so if, if there's any takeaways from that uh, avoid <laughs> dolphins running backs essentially i think so uh their first round pick though um he, he first kick return he looked good they, they they got some speed on the outside for Tua, so hopefully he can get that depth of target up yeah, I mean, that's the plan, obviously, when you go get Fuller and Waddle. Exactly. Okay, let's move. We've got to go faster with these games. We'll try to get through we'll every probably game. probably some overlap tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we, we might have too. to do that just because there's so many notes if we're going to go play really the greatest hits in depth with these quarterbacks today, and that's probably the way we should do it. So we'll keep it going here on Peacock and Williamson. Get in on some extra action at betonline.ag, like odds for which wide receiver will lead the league in receiving yards this season. Stephon Diggs, the odds-on favorite to lead the league in receiving yards at 8-1. to one. Calvin Ridley, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins right behind them. Got some younger players coming up with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Brown's new teammate in Julio Jones. Maybe some better odds down the list a little bit for C.D. Lamb, the up-and-comer rookie from last year. Justin Jefferson at 14-1. to Lamb is 33-1. to Brandon Ayuk, 66-1. to Kind of like that. Get those bigger, deeper odds for some of these really talented wide receivers in the NFL. Who's your favorite to lead the league in receiving yards in 2021? You can find those odds at betonline.ag, just like you can with quarterbacks and passing yard leaders or rookies of the year, Super Bowl winners, win totals for your favorite NFL team. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. Receive your 50% welcome Bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't know if you were able to go back and watch, but what'd you think of the debut of the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence? Did he look generational standing there with his beautiful locks of hair, six foot six frame in the Jaguars preseason opener? Didn't see a ton of this one, and it's very high on my list, obviously, for that reason. Um, Side note is I think Gardner Minshew is good and they've been reluctant, which is mind boggling to call Lawrence a starter. I don't know if that's just to kind of pump up Minshew for a trade or whatever. I think Minshew is going to be a starter somewhere next year, opening day. Um, I didn't see a ton of Lawrence, but I will say when you see him, I mean, I haven't seen him on the field for a while, obviously, and I imagine this, and people say this is really true with Cam Newton too. Like if you see these human beings in person, you're just blown away by how big they really are. And he moves like a big gazelle. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. a very fluid guy for being six six with long arms. I mean, it wasn't long ago that the Dan McGuire's and, you know, you're too tall, you know, and boy, some of these athletes though are just too athletic to say that about. 
He's so compact, has beautiful delivery, release, uh, really nice touch. He's just, you know, and he's not top of the heap with arm strength, not top of the heap with athleticism, but he just brings everything to the table. And yeah, he just yeah. looked fully in charge out there to me. So definitely, uh, if we're talking pass-fail, a huge pass grade for Trevor Lawrence in his first action. And here's one of the things with, so Trevor Lawrence was only six of nine throwing. He threw the ball so many fewer times than the other rookie quarterbacks because he was in with the ones and left with the ones, whereas a lot of these other quarterbacks have a chance to play into the third quarter because they're the backups. And I think that's part of not moving a rookie quarterback too quickly. They need a ton of reps in these first two preseason games. If you're going to make a move, do it before the third preseason game when the starters play a lot. Yeah, and they treated him like he was a veteran one, which is probably all we need to know. But th- which is why, even though they haven't said it, he was with the yeah. ones. And when you're the rookie and you're already with the ones, you're going to be with the ones. Exactly. Uh, a couple other like small fantasy jag notes here. Strange usage of running backs. I mean, Carlos mm. Hyde was out there more than fantasy owners are going to see. Again, can Wolf- I just stop you right there? I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. a lot of Carlos Hyde in his career, and it's very much like the Malcolm Brown thing. Yeah, right. What is going on? That's your plan? That's what what your is plan. going on? You know, I mean, Robinson's the starter. I get that. Then Hyde was in there, and the rookie ATN, nowhere to be found early with the starters and was a yeah. was a distant third as far as running back usage goes. So, and And then... LaVisca Chenault was used so much in that gadgety role, throwing screens to him, and he looked nice and looked like he was going to be part of the offense there, which would be the other role for ATN. That makes me a little bit worried. It's going to take ATN some time, and I think the cream will rise to the top, but I don't see a role for him to start the year. At least not off that game. I mean, we'll see if that changes. This coaching staff just kind of worries me in terms of should I invest in these players with my hard-earned cash because I don't know if they're going to use them right. And, you know, this isn't the Big Ten, you know, needless to say. And even Chenault, from what I saw, was not out there in three receiver sets. Like, he's definitely one of your best three receivers without question, especially with Chark on the bench. And I saw a little more LeCron Treadwell than I would like, too. Uh, you might have caught it after Chenault was out because he was in, okay. in three okay. wide receiver sets and was used a lot early in that game. Okay, good. Because I'm a big, big fan. Him and ATN, I hope they don't cancel each other out because they're my two favorite breakouts from that offense. Although, you know what, in fantasy, I'm really warming up to Marvin Jones. He is so boring, but I think he leads that team in receptions. He's just good. He, Marvin He's Jones good. is doing Marvin Jones things out there, and he can get deep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he'll be a nice, I think, security blanket for Trevor Lawrence. And it looked like they had a connection going already. Uh, one thing of note when it comes to fantasy football is that Urban Meyer clearly wants to move fast, and he said that was one of the things he didn't yeah. like about that game is they weren't moving fast enough. He wants to get a lot of plays in. He wants to get up the line and go, which means just a lot more targets and touches for everybody. There, there's a couple good people out there that really do a lot of good work on pace. Pat Thorman's one of them from Establish the Run, and I think he's been stressing you know, and that's a huge thing of fantasy. If, you, if the team that you invest in runs a lot of plays, good or bad, that's definitely what you want. So I do think the Jags will play fast. Um, the Browns won this game, but I don't even know if we should mention them. Like, they didn't play anybody. You know who the Browns did play? Jeremiah owusu Kormo. Oh, yeah. I, can we he declare victory on that one? How did the league let this guy fall to the second round? He was everywhere doing everything. I, I just, I love this guy. Yeah, a lot of buzz about him on this game. Just look at the stats. Three tackles for loss, a sack, eight eight tackles. I really thought, I mean, just to pull back curtain, I mean, the Steelers picked 24, 
And going into the draft, I had all kinds of conversations. Should the Steelers just take a Woshu Koromora at 24? I don't think he'll be there, but should they just jump on him if he is? And he lasts like double that long. Again, sometimes there's medical and this was a weird year for getting information. But doesn't this just scream when we look back? I mean, that's one of the steals of the draft. It's just a total miss by the rest of the league. Absolutely. There's there's three players. We'll talk about a couple of the other ones later that were that were there a little too far into the second round, and there were some whispers about maybe injuries. All three of them played in the very first preseason game. So that, <laughs> those injuries must not have been that big of a worry. So why did they fall? It makes zero sense. Owusu Koromoa, first down player, a modern day player. Uh, I love the usage too because he wore number twenty eight, and he's not the biggest guy. So it's like, man, he is, are they going to use him as a strong safety? He looks like Jamal Adams out there a little bit, but no. Seventy two percent of his snaps lined up as a linebacker, a true linebacker. Oh wow. Twenty three percent slot corner, two snaps as an edge rusher, two pass rush attempts. Got a sack on one of those two attempts. Three tackles for loss with his eight tackles. Just uh, and just looks natural out there, even in space. And in coverage and, and going and making tackles, he just he moved different than everybody else, especially when he wasn't in there with the starters, too. So, um, yeah, it was a huge stock up for JOK. Super explosive. And one thing I really noted with him, too, is I don't care what his height and weight is. When he arrives at the ball carrier, he generates mm-hmm. an uncanny amount of force for his size. Those are the explosive hips, man. Yep, yep, yep. It is. Snap those hips. <laughs> I love that. It took me a long time as a young football fan to be like, what the hell are these guys talking about when they talk about hips? Watch Owusu Kormo and you'll see. Okay, explosive hips. There you hips. go. Snap those hips. Uh, you know up. who and doesn't have explosive hips? Did you see Tim Tebow's block attempts in this game? I did. I actually saw those on NFL Network this morning. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. Come you on. went through a whole training camp. I would think your technique at this point, even if you never played tight end or any football in your life would be better than that. Like closing his eyes and just ducking his head. Like, what are you even trying to do? You're not going to make a team like that. And Horrible. in the charade, Looked like a quarterback making a tack and making a block. Look worse than a quarterback. Like worse than a quarterback. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> and I guess he did nothing on special teams. Like, why are you there again? Yeah, that that's got to end. That's just a uh, it's just corny, and it just looks bad for the Jaguars at this point. Oh, it's horrible. All right, let's get this thing moving. How about the New York Jets and the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, quarterback Zach Wilson, and San Francisco 49ers number three overall quarterback Trey Lance next. There is something for everyone at Built.com. Guilt-free snack. It tastes delicious. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything, yet you're getting all this protein and high fiber in a low-sugar, low-calorie snack. Are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Do you want something that tastes good but won't ruin your diet? It's easy. Built Bar. Power your workout. You need something to get you between meals. You're on a long drive. Pull out a Built Bar. You're good to go on your commute. Uh, you forgot breakfast. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Built.com. Buy yourself a box. Mix your own box of Built Bars. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. 
One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money, and then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Very similar with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Both of them with the starters. That It's going to be their job. He was six of nine passing Zach Wilson was. Uh, Robert Sala, a lot of glowing things to say about him. Sky's the limit for Zach Wilson. There were reports he wasn't looking good in training camp. I thought he looked fine. You know, he didn't wow me like maybe Trey Lance and Justin Fields did in their debuts, but he didn't play as much, and he, he just looked fine, and just, you know, he, he's got arm talent to stick. Uh, he's, he looks smaller and skinnier than those other guys, which is which is a big one. You know, he doesn't look the part quite as much. He's only 212 pounds or something like that, and he might have right. bulked up to get to that at his pro day, but he can sling it. Um, I love the way the ball comes out of his hands, just such a pure release of the football, and he didn't look in and over his head. So I was a little bit worried with that one with some of the camp reports early on, but I thought Zach Wilson looked fine. I got to say, in in the Battle of New York, in which Sandro Flatscummer was the star of the show as the the running back for the Giants, (laughs) I'm not super dialed in on this one. I mean... We saw Thorson and Glennon for New York. I guess they think they're perfectly fine. They don't need to give their their guys reps that they're they're all set. Uh, you know, why would you put Daniel Jones out there when you can put Thorson and Flatscummer to run the offense? Um, so I did not see a ton of this one, but I did understand without question, like you mentioned, that Zach Wilson got that true number one treatment, which is great. You know, like like Lawrence. But there's no one else that would even compete for that job. I mean, like, who else would potentially have those reps on this team? You know, White or Morgan? No. They don't even have a Gardner Minshew to be like, okay, no, well, he's our fallback if the, if the rookie's not ready. Zach Wilson's going to have to sink or swim, period. No question. You know, and I don't 100% hate that aspect of it, but I would love a Matt Schaub, Luke McCown, Byron left, which at his end of his career, quarterback coach type player that's pretty much shot to at least bounce stuff off of, you know, instead of always talking to your head coach. I mean, yeah, Morgan, Morgan and uh, White aren't going to bring that. No, and well, and I, I've know. loved almost everything Joe Douglas has done as GM of the Jets yes. in the short time he's been there. That's a huge oversight to not bring in a veteran NFL player to help out your rookie quarterback in the in the QB room. I yeah. mean that's I mean that's those huge. guys don't play for free. You got to give them more than they're really worth. I mean they make 4 right. or 5 million or whatever and you never want them on the field, but I think it'd be really worth it in this case. Oh, it's it's well worth paying 5 million dollars 
for your quarterback's career during his rookie year to have that veteran help him out and point things out as a player. And everybody knows it's not a threat, right, when you have a McNown or whatever. Right, and so uh, I think that was a huge oversight. Maybe that was part of the slow development at the early going of camp from Zach Wilson because he's kind of trying to learn all himself. It's him and the quarterback's coach. Yeah, you could be right about that. Um, we've, we've stressed some fantasy nuggets here. I know I saw another one that people were semi-concerned about was Michael Carter got overshadowed a little bit by Johnson and Pirine in this backfield. But by all accounts leading up to this game, he has totally been running with the one. So I'm not going to overreact on that one. No, yet. and he was in early. If I was to worry about Carter, it's just that I don't think he's an every-down style of back and that you know if you're in a dynasty league at some point next year, they're going to, or even this year, it's just going to be a, a split eventually because I even even watching him in this game, I like him as a third-down type of back. I think he's got some value in fantasy leagues. He's just not going to be... Uh, a three-down player, I don't think, in the NFL. And whether not. it's this year or they add a, a pair somebody with them next year, you know, it could be one of those situations we saw in Buffalo where you have Singletary and you're like, all right, we got you know this this nice little day two running back, and then all of a sudden they draft Moss, and it's like, well, now what do you do? And so I think that could be a scenario long term with uh, the Jets backfield and Carter, even though I like Carter. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be his job a year from now, probably. Um, last note too for me is. Danzel Mims was involved. He sure doesn't fit what they do. I saw that he ran down on kickoffs and made, you know, was involved that way. That just screams to me. Let's put some tape out there, see if anybody will take him off our hands. I mean, that's just my education. I mean, I'd be trying so hard to trade for Denzel Mims right now. And I he he had this really nice catch and run play too, which is what you yeah. want in that style of offense. Uh and he looked You're like he Saints. was playing his butt off. And we know he can win outside the numbers and he's got ball skills. Um, I like the way I, I like what I saw from him actually in this game. And I, I don't understand why he's so deep on the depth chart because you can always use that style of player, even if he's not your uh, Debo Samuel prototype yak guy. He made a nice play after the catch in this game. And the, I love them coming out of school. Right. And so it's it's a little bit of an oddity. And I could see him being maybe not the perfect style, but if he's, he's, he's got to be one. And there's there's some bodies there at wide receiver. But, man, uh, I would absolutely be trying to buy low if I was another team on Denzel Mims right now. And he looked good in this game. And there was talk of maybe earlier in the offseason, maybe that's why the the new coaching staff maybe didn't like him right away. He he lost a bunch of weight. He had a, some sort of an illness. And so that might have contributed to it, you know, in OTAs and stuff over the spring and put him in a little bit of a hole to start this year with the new coaching staff. But, um, yeah, I think a smart team's going in and stealing Denzel Mims away if he's not going to be a huge part of the Jets team. But I, after what they, they might they might rethink things after what they saw because I liked what I saw from him uh, on Saturday. I think Joe Douglas is too smart to give him away, but he doesn't really fit the system. And, man, I mentioned New Orleans, but I could probably come up with 10 other teams. If I could get them for a fourth-round pick, it doesn't matter what team it is I'd be doing. Right, or maybe the Jets need a player at a certain position, need some depth, yeah, and you can yeah, work yeah. out a late pick and a player or something like that. Corner or something, yeah. right. Last one here of the rookie quarterbacks, and we'll get into some of the rest of these games tomorrow because sure. uh, we had to utilize our time here to talk about the big stories, which were these rookie quarterbacks. Let's finish it up with... Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers had the biggest play of all the rookie quarterbacks. His first ever completion, an 80-yard touchdown pass, a naked bootleg, and then he threw it back across the field for about, uh, I don't know, 40-something air yards into the hands of Trent Shurfield, who went for an 80-yard touchdown. And by the way, I got to pat myself on the back here. I hope I don't hurt my rotator cuff when I reach around here real quick and pat myself <laughs> on the back. I told everybody out there, I told the listeners, if you remember, Matt, to start 
Trey Lance and Trent Sherfield in your DFS lineups? I've heard tons of great Sherfield stuff, you know, first from you, but from others as well, that he has been lighting up camp. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Um, the Lance line, five for 14, 128, one touchdown, four sacks. I just noticed that too. Isn't pretty, but from what I understand and the little bits I did see, and please take it away, this is right up your alley, of course, there was like four or five drops that were not Lance's fault. And, of course, he made this huge play, too. So um, I don't think it was a bad debut just by looking at the stat line. No, not at all. You see 514. It's like, okay, what's going on here? He did have three yeah, drops. Yeah, yeah. There was four sacks. Um, one of them was Co- Shanahan after the game said one of them was on Lance. He, there was, you know, they were bringing more than they had to protect. He had to see that and either check to it or or get the ball down to the running back. Gallman coming out of the backfield is wide open. So one of those sacks was on him, not recognizing what the defense was doing, but the others. One, and look, as good as Trey Lance is looking in camp, the second round pick, top 50 pick on a guard, that guy better be a starter for you. Aaron Banks, not looking great. And that was one of the sacks really? that got beat very quickly uh, at right guard uh, with the twos. So uh, Aaron Banks needs to uh, pick things up there for the 49ers. But Trey Lance looks like a hit. The 5 of 14 doesn't look great, but just pass the eyeball test. I think early on, like he was hitching a little bit, maybe a little bit more frenetic maybe needed to calm down a little bit more than someone like Justin Fields did in his debut I'd give the nod to Fields as far as ranking these debuts but Lance with the big play and we talked about this when we were breaking down the Steelers game Matt and Dwayne Haskins how he could throw a ball that's not perfect but has the power arm to still get it out to where he needs to on the perimeter that's exactly what Trey Lance has that ball he threw on the 80 yard touchdown was wobbling a little bit. And when it came out of his hands in the air, I thought, oh no, that doesn't look like it's going to be a good thing, you know, across the field trying this really t- difficult throw. And he still got it there. And it still wobbled all the way where it needed to go into Sherfield's hands. So he's got the extra arm strength to power through even a wobbly pass too, which is a good sign. Like that's the physical ability you're looking for. And that's why you move up to draft a guy number three overall. And we haven't even seen him use his legs yet. They were trying to have him operate as much as possible from the pocket in this game. That, that was one of my questions. Do you think that they were very much coaching it into him? Hey, stay in the pocket. If even if it means taking an extra sack, you know, we want you to be a thrower. We know you can run. We don't need you taking hits. I mean, uh, people forget what are these guys coached to do, you know? Yes, exactly. And I was actually surprised. I thought they were going to play it very conservative, run the ball a lot with Lance in there. Very first play of the game, they went play action, tried a deep shot. Uh, it wasn't there. He kind of scrambled out of the pocket a little bit, and then there was an IUK drop, and then he got sacked, and that was the end of the first drive. The next drive he came in, first play again, they went play action and had that big play 80-yard touchdown. So Shanahan was like looking for big plays early, maybe just to try to get some confidence under him, showcase the arm of Trey Lance a little bit in that game. So that I'm one sure. was actually surprised me how they used him. And they're not calling those shot plays for Jimmy Garoppolo all that often either. And, so, and, and it's funny because I wonder if Garoppolo would have thrown – the underneath on that 80 yard touchdown, which was open by the way. And I wonder if Kyle Shanahan wants to use that as a coaching point and say, Hey, you had this, you didn't know if the t- the thing was going to be open over the top. You probably should have taken this throw. Interesting. Yeah. And people don't understand. I mean, I, I hope they do, but these guys have a very definitive plan, especially for new starting quarterbacks, you know, stay in the pocket or be risky or, you know, that day the two are through a bunch of interceptions in, in camp. I guarantee they told him before that camp, let it rip. You know, we we don't need the conservative two. If you throw picks, fine. You know, the media and fans don't understand that. that, that 
there's sometimes there's a few objectives you're trying to accomplish in this game or practice mm-hmm. that might not make the stat line or the tape look great, but the coaches know what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another rookie with the 49ers, Trey Sermon. He's a fantasy darling right now with Raheem Mostert resting and Sermon got the start. He played a lot, carried the ball nine times for 26 yards, showed a little bit of power, showed patience, good feet, but didn't really do anything to blow you away either. Looks natural catching the ball. But he got the one, you know, with, with Mostert out, it was pretty yes. clear he would have been the, the next man up. He's right? clearly the at least the two, maybe even the 1B in a thunder and lightning scenario with Raheem Mostert there. So that was good okay. to see the usage there early. He was the he was the starter, and he was in there a lot with the ones and then stayed in with the twos. Good, which I think at this stage in the fantasy world, that's what people want to see. It'd be a, a red flag if that wasn't the case. Uh, a couple little nuggets, and you certainly expand on them if, if possible. I was shocked Mahomes was out there at all. I mean, he only threw two passes and they got him out quick. Um, it looked like Clyde Edwards Hilaire very much got the true number one treatment too. You know, was out there for a little, touched the ball a little, mm-hmm. made some yardage, get him out. But there's been buzz about Jarek McKinnon. I know he had three carries, but sort of mention that name. Like you you remember him from the Niners. There's been all this yeah. buzz about in Chiefs camp. I'm just keeping an ear open for him. He might steal some passing down reps away from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but Edwards-Hilaire has that ability too. I was shocked. I thought McKinnon was done. He he didn't look like the the same guy at all, and he was kind of always a situational guy, even with the Vikings before right. his his major injuries. So um, the the McKinnon stuff surprised me, and I sort of rolled my eyes when I first read about he was having a great camp, but he was out there, and he looked okay, but I don't think he should steal any touches. Like He gets in there because Edwards Hilaire is tired or hurt. Like I think that's the only there, – there, there's, no, there's no worry that he's going to eat into the usage, I think, of Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. I think that's the takeaway, too, is maybe he's the two and gets involved if the, the starter goes out, but the, the second-year guy is the starter – I have to ask you this because I can't deny it. I'd like Josh Rosen coming out of school. Did he look at all decent to you? Uh, his there? line was okay. He threw a bad pick over the middle of the field deep. Uh, he was 10-15 passing. He looks kind of comfortable in there, but he doesn't look like somebody that is, I mean, he's on the roster he's bubble. Up. I like, you know, if he got cut yeah, tomorrow, man. I wouldn't be shocked. If he made the 49ers the third quarterback, then, you know, maybe. But I think they wanted to see him first then they're going to give Sudfeld a shot. Sudfeld has been clearly the better quarterback in camp, so uh, I would still think Rosen probably does not make the team, but we'll see. Wow. So, I mean, so that's where he's at in his career. It's not it's not Haskins where we're going to grab him, maybe we'll turn him back into a starter. It's maybe this guy turns into a backup. Or <laughs> right. if he if he gets cut, no one's losing any sleep over yeah, it. He, yeah, he was available on a practice squad last year for the 49ers to pick up for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I was, bust. you're right, though. I was surprised the Chiefs played so many starters in this game. Mahomes on the field at all. Chris Jones had a big third down sack on the on Trey Lance's first drive, and they had the starters in there. So Andy Reid, a little old school, played his starters more than I would have thought for the first preseason game, Except, especially a superstar player like Patrick Mahomes. If he gets hurt in the first preseason game, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, Kelsey caught a ball. Hill caught a ball. I mean, so they were out there with their top guys. Um, I'd have to study it. I'm curious how they handled their offensive line. You know, I mean, I'm sure you were more focused on the Niners, but there's a lot of big name moving parts there. I, I'm just trying to strain my my noggin for why would you even put any of those guys out there? Kelsey, Kelsey Hill, Mahomes, in maybe next week, but not this week. Because, I mean, as we'll come across next tomorrow, a lot of the league sat their good players. 
covered yeah, those fun. first round quarterbacks. We'll get to the rest of these games. Notes from we'll hit every single game. I promise. Uh, and tomorrow, well, I don't know if we'll do it tomorrow. We got a Twitter Tuesday. What do you think, Matt? Do we want to get into the games tomorrow, then push Twitter back to Wednesday, or do Twitter tomorrow and then get into the games Wednesday? I think it might be too mm, late. That's such a big decision you threw well, on me there. Because... Let's push our Twitter Tuesday back to a different day. Let's okay, I'm fine with that. I am planning on doing a lot of research between now and recording time tomorrow. And if we waited till Wednesday, I mean, that's the game before week three starts, or the day before week three starts. Right, yeah. So, you, you know, we got to start thinking about those games because we're going to actually see people that's coming up this coming upcoming week. And look, it's preseason week one, so we're not going to spend a ton of time like we did with the quarterbacks no. on all those games. We'll jam through them, so we might have time to maybe hit some questions tomorrow. But we want to get a full episode's worth of questions as well. So maybe there will be a segment's worth of questions tomorrow, but we'll try to get to more questions Wednesday at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL is where you hit us with those questions. Who impressed on your favorite team? Who are the sleepers out there? Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.